Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast, and it is another day to set some goals, to set your priorities, and to figure out where you want to go. I know I've recently taken on a couple new clients, and it always becomes very evident to me that people can be really lost in figuring out what their heart's desire is, where they want to go, what their goals are, and we can have this idea of wanting something better, but not necessarily knowing what that is. You know, I think a lot of times it comes very uh, uh, front of center, you know, in our minds that we're not happy with where we are. We don't feel good in our skin. We've lost our confidence and and we're not feeling really great about life. But I think it's easy to feel stuck in not knowing how to move, how to move forward, how to get unstuck and to make that progress. And I think it's also really easy to feel like you have to make a lot of progress at once. And I'm just here to remind you this morning, no matter what it is, no matter where you woke up and found yourself, you can figure out a different way to make changes, to make sustainable changes, and to get yourself into a happy spot. I am coming off the weekend with uh, Ladies Weekend 2.0, and it was absolutely amazing. I got to connect with a lot of women who I had not yet met, um, some that I had, and really just solidify those relationships and our desire in the the outdoors and in our passion as women as as hunters and as mothers and as business women it's it's great when you can connect with other women who make you realize the juggle that you have and the life that you're trying to balance is normal. And in this episode, I actually sit down and talk to a a friend of mine, Gina Shively, who I've had on the podcast before. You might know her as Wild and Well Fed on Instagram. Um, She's also got a food blog, Wild and Well Fed. She's absolutely a freaking gem. I love this girl to death. We have so much fun together. We were kind of joking this weekend, like, I don't know if we're sisters or besties or what, but I just love what she does. I love how she approaches it and her natural, you know, just she's not here for the fluff or the frills. She's just enjoying life. She's a great mama. And uh, so we sit down on this episode and we talk about some upcoming adventures that she has, uh, one of which I get to join her on, but more so how to balance being a woman in the outdoors and a wife, and and a mom, and how you can make that work where you're getting time in the mountains, or you're getting to go hunt, but you're also, you know, making sure to not neglect your role as, as a parent, and, you know, I think it's something that a lot of us really battle with, is figuring out, am I doing this right? Am I providing the right things for my kids, the right things for my family, the good, you know, the best experiences I can, And I will be the first to admit that I, even in this episode, I bring up a a time that during this outing me and my kids had, we had a good time. However, the end of that good experience was a little bit tainted and I talk about why later in this episode. But um, I think you'll have a good time tuning into this one, especially if you are a parent and you're trying to get over some of the guilt of maybe leaving them behind or taking time away to go on these um, events and hunts and outings and you know whether you're just a weekend warrior or you're spending a little bit more time out 
doors this fall, I think that you will find some relatable stuff in today's episode. I also want to give a happy birthday to Wilderness Athlete. It is their 15th uh, year anniversary and I'm super excited to be a part of everything that they're doing. I can't say enough good things just about them as a company, their products, the people that stand behind it and their mission with what they're doing. So get over to wildernessathlete.com and make sure that you are looking at what they have going on. They also have some huge sales going on right now depending on when you're listening to this. So if you are hitting this today when it's coming out, be sure to head over to wildernessathlete.com and see what they have going on for sales. I also want to talk about a product that is one of my absolute favorites right now. And during this little, you know, busy season of my life and when I've got a lot of things and events and and kind of being pulled in a lot of different directions, for me, I can lose sight of staying realistic and staying timely and not getting anxious or feeling overwhelmed. And their new product, At Ease, which is a part of the Mastermind line, I love it because they say literally take a chill pill. This is what this thing does. And it, you know, it's got a combination of herbs and a bunch of different um, extracts that will help you just kind of ground yourself. If you're finding that you're, you know, moving through and getting a little bit more antsy or a little bit more agitated or your stress is piling up, these are really good to literally take that chill pill and go, okay, I'm going to just even myself out. It also has um, 5-HTP in it, which has been a supplement I've taken for many, many, many years. And I love that they include that in this. Um, 5-HTP will work to help you control your mood, to stabilize your mood. It also helps to control your appetite. For me, I'm somebody who becomes a stress eater or an emotional eater. So when things get way wonky and way haywire, um, I like to, or I, I tend to, I should say, try to like curb that um, desire for food by having something that I'm craving, whether that's a salty treat or a sweet treat or a glass of wine. And this will work to just kind of like rebalance the system. So I definitely uh, recommend looking at that. That is at ease. That's a part of their mastermind line. And they've got several good ones in the line right now. So I would highly recommend that you take a look at that. But everything they're doing is awesome. And of course, we've got the Project Women of WA going on right now, where you can be getting um, weekly emails and connect with a group of women and just dive into your health and your body and how it works, the calories you need, the nutrients you should be focusing on, the training tips that will help you get over that plateau and really make changes. I will link to the Women of WA project and how to get signed up and be a part of it in the show notes. So be sure to check out the show notes for the Women of WA. And of course, if you find anything on the Wilderness Athlete that you can't live without, like the Greens Powder or the Paleo-ish Hydrate and Recover or one of my favorites, Lean Life, make sure you use the code Women of WA to get a discount on your shipment. All right, let's dive right into today's episode. Okay, but here's the thing. In order to drink and talk at the same time, we you can't... We need straws. I know. We do need straws. Yeah. Do you want to go get straws? We're recording, too. We're recording. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's documented that I just problem solved. <laughs> I'll go get straws. You're a good problem solver. Okay. Yeah. Super good thinking, because if we were trying to like take a drink and just move the mic away, then you'd get inconsistent noise levels whatever it's called this is gonna be a good podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're being very considerate of the listener it's not audio quality mm-hmm. 
Hold on. Cheers. Cheers. Here we go. This Another is episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. Done a little differently than what I'm used to, and I like it. <laughs> this will become your new normal. Yeah. Like, how, like, how do you want to do it? Like, should we get on a phone call, or are we going to Skype? And you're like, no. you got to come to my house, sit in my backyard. You're flying to my house. Drink boxed wine with spritzer in it. And lemon, because we're classy. Twist a lemon. So what's up? You're in Oregon, dude. Yeah. What do you think? It's awesome. It's like the first time I've spent time here. Yeah. The foliage is really different. Yeah. Like poison oak. New experience. <laughs> like poison oak. <laughs> like poison oak everywhere. everywhere. Don't sit there. Yeah. <laughs> so we went up and hiked Pisgah today, Mount Pisgah, after the ladies weekend kind of wrapped up here at my house. And it was awesome because, you know, just getting new people out who had not been up there before is great. But at the same time, I, like, want to be like, okay, don't touch this and don't touch that. Because <laughs> it's, like, comes, kinda, you know, kind of comes into the trail or whatever. And I was thinking, and actually I should probably take a shower right now because I'm sure I have it all over. Oh, yeah. But I was just thinking about how I really hoped, like, knock on wood, that there's not a bunch of chicks that, like, call <laughs> me in two days and be like, dude, I have poison oak everywhere. <laughs> I'm so rashy. This is not good. This is not good. Well, what I don't like is there's, like, poison oak and then there's also oak trees. Which look kind of similar. Yeah. And you're like, there's poison oak. And I'm like, that looks oaky. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's just a tree. <laughs> you actually jumped like there was like a snake when I said that. You're like, wait, what is that? You're like, it's a tree. I'm like, it's not very big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what we did here this weekend. This was a ladies weekend 2.0, which is just a really easy, lackadaisical term for getting together, having fun, shooting bows, talking about nutrition. And um, bringing women who have a similar passion for the outdoors and for hunting together. And it was really cool that you could join us because, um, you know, you came down and talked about nutrition and how to uh, do it yourself, basically, when it comes to dehydrating meals and preparing for, you know, like true off-the-grid hunting, which, you know, people will do dehydrated meals and stuff if they're not necessarily going off the grid. But when you are going all in and you're going to be you know in a new area you can't have food dropped in you need to think about your recovery you need to think about your energy and where you are and doing things safely it's really good to think about like holistic nutrition not just calories in so it's cool to have you do that and we'll talk a little bit about that but I'd just love to get your perspective because it sounds like this is the first time being at an event like this like an all-women's event where it's specific to this kind of like group building skill building kind of stuff and what your thoughts were it was awesome just to like meet like-minded people you know like where i am like i don't have many friends who hunt and so it was really cool just to be like surrounded by people who are like you and so that was like a first really really enjoyable Mm -hmm. yeah it's like cool to find your people you know like (laughs) you think you're alone and then you find out that you're not alone at all and you have the same questions and I heard so many times, like, this might be a dumb question. And you're like, that's actually not a dumb question at all. I'm sure half of us have the same question. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I, th- I think we feel like we can't ask that or, like, well, should we know the answer to this? And so I know I'm guilty of that in areas that I want to grow, but I'm not necessarily, like, comfortable with learning, I guess, and being, like, new. It's hard to be a newbie at things, it's you know? It's super hard. Especially when, like, weapons are involved. Yeah. You know? That extra level. Well, like, you don't know what you don't know. And it's, like, hard to step back and realize that, like, everyone started at the same baseline. They just know what they know now 
because they've already been where you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like hard to imagine like you see someone who's like killing it and like, hey, I've been hunting for so long. And you're like, but they also had to start exactly where you are. And the only way to learn is to ask questions and do it. Yeah. And, and get involved, you know, like if you can do those things together, like it's great, like when you're learning something and to like get online or watch tutorials or webinars or get on YouTube. But at the same time, like if you can be asking questions, having demonstrations and doing things, yeah, then like practicing those things and putting them to use. I think that there's so much more like validity and like tapping into that and actually learning it because I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of like, if you don't, if you learn something, but you don't use it, you lose that knowledge and you lose the skill of it right away. I mean, that can happen fast. I'm like, am I just getting really old (laughs) or (laughs) what's going on here? Why can't I remember this stuff? But, you know, it was nice to see a whole bunch of women who came in here and they're extremely new, you know, and, and they all have different like strengths and different experiences in several different areas. But for the most part, like there was two ladies that showed up who had never, ever shot a bow before. It was amazing. And at first, like my very first reaction was like, oh my gosh, like bravo for showing up because I don't know if I necessarily, and we talked about this earlier. I don't know if I necessarily would have like the desire to go do something for the very first time in that kind of, yeah. In that, in that group atmosphere, you know? Yeah. It was awesome how they just jumped in. There's like something very admirable about that. I was like, we'll get our bows. And they're like, well, we've never shot before. We don't have bows. And the one girl did her boyfriend, let her borrow a bow or whatever, which was awesome of him. And I think he's probably going to be stoked because (laughs) as she was leaving today, he was, she was like, I said, so are you hooked? I said, she said, yeah. And she goes, I'm going to be asking for a bow for Christmas. And I said, I think your boyfriend's going to be pretty excited. He's going to be excited until he realizes that cuts into his hunting fun. He's going to be like, what? You can do bow now? I want a new bow. Exactly. Which kind of brings us to like one of the topics I really wanted to tap into, which I've experienced myself. I hear a lot from other people. It's it's a struggle if you have, you know, the balance in time or finances, but really balancing having a family and having kids and trying to like make time for the outdoors. How do they blend together? When do you let your husband go or your spouse go? When do you get to go? You know, and a lot of times there's, you know, couples who want to be able to do that together or or have been doing that together and now they have kids and so you have to figure out like where's that compromise in getting hunting time and not feeling like you're ditching the family or not having your partner at home feeling like left out because they don't get to go and it's cool to have this conversation with you because I remember when we got on a podcast the first time and and following up after that and talking you were talking about how you know, you and Ryan got to go last year, but it was kind of like a unique thing that you guys got to go because you have two kids and that you guys got to go together. And this year talking to you and planning this trip, you're like, I think I'm just going to go, you know, potentially by myself because, you know, we can't go both at the same time. And um, it's cool because not everybody, specifically women, have that desire and drive to just go like, okay, if hunting solo is the only way I get to go, then, I, then I'm hunting solo, you know, but it's cool because you have that, that, you know, fire inside you to just go, I'm not going to sit it out. I'm going to find a way just to make it happen. It, it seems like a choice to me. It's like I can 
either make it happen or I can sit at home and be sad that it didn't happen. And ideally, you're not alone. But if that's the only way, I'd rather go and give it a try and maybe not be successful hunting or, like, realizing I hate being alone for three days and, like, tucking tail and, like, coming home than just be, like, sitting at home being resentful or unhappy that I didn't give it a try. Or, like, what would have happened? What could have happened? Yeah. Could I have done it? Like, I want to know if I can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do you find, like, where have you guys started in this navigation prov- process? Because obviously now that you have two kids, your oldest is going on five. Like, how has that ebb and flow happened? Like, have you had experiences where you're the one that's sitting out and Ryan's going or vice versa? Like, there is sacrifice there. Yeah, and the balance is constantly changing so just when you think you have it figured out it all changes and it was easier when I was either like pregnant or the kids were like biologically depending on me it was like well obviously I have to sit at home so he could stay home because I can't go or he could go and that's a easier decision not that you don't have like secret (laughs) like uncontrollable resentment which is like not his fault that's my issue but now that the kids are getting older and they're not as dependent on me personally, it really, really changes things. And last year we were lucky to have family come up and we were able to go on that awesome hunt together. And it was like a great experience, but we don't live close to family. And so like, Mm -hmm. that's not a every year situation. Mm -hmm. So this year has been kind of like the first year where we had it like figured out for ourselves. And, I mean, as you know, the scheduling was kind of a nightmare because now I have to figure out when I can go, when my hunting buddies can go, and then he has his own hunts. And when his hunting buddies can go, who are, you know, everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of interesting. And, I mean, this month we're, like, tag team parenting. I'm going to see him for two days this month. And so it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. <laughs> But it's been kind of hard because, you know, we each we each want to go and ideally it'd be together. But that's just not it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's hard because then he gets jealous when I'm hunting and then I'm jealous when he's hunting. And I think ultimately it comes down to, you know, there's some other factors, but you just you just that jealousy or that resentment or whatever you want to call it, that can just arise because you just freaking want to be there. Mm -hmm. Like you're just, you know, it's not like you're pissed off because they get to go. You're like, I just want to be there. I want to be part of it. Yeah. I want to be there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And when you do feel resentment, it's it's like, just like if I can't go and he can go logically, he should definitely go. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you should go. But then it's hard to control the way you feel about that. And when you feel left out, you know, like, those are real feelings. But it's obviously not his fault because you told him he should go and you can't go. So it's like, it's a complicated situation. And then there's the other side of that where you, you're you with a partner who just maybe hunts too much, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't know that there is such a thing, but there are, and maybe there is, maybe I would find that boundary at some point, but I know for sure that there are couples who are like, my wife wants to fish too much or my husband wants to hunt too much or he's, you know, whatever the case may be. I know that there has to be those limitations because I was, when I was hiking uh, last weekend with Monica here up in, um, off the Pacific Crest Trail, we were kind of talking about that and she was telling a story about a friend of hers who went to do this, this, um, motorcycle ride. 
And it's something that like he loved to do. That was his thing. And it just so happened it fall fell on a holiday weekend plus one of their kids' birthdays. <clears throat> you know, and it's like you have to figure out where your passion can be like nurtured and your family can be supported and you can be around them and you can not neglect them, but you can also do what's like true to your heart and what you, what fills your cup because it's not like all of those things. It's not like, Oh, you're like, Oh, well I'll hunt next week. Like there's seasons, there's timeframes, there's event dates, there's stuff like that. Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, I've missed my son's birthday for a a travel trip, you know? Yeah. And it, so how do you deal with, that line between wondering if you're just not being selfless enough or if it's okay to have those compromises and and even through that like how do you battle through not feeling guilty or or if you do feel guilty like how do you work through that and like justify that that it's okay to go through that season you know what I mean like that's yeah I don't is there even an answer that to that I don't know and I'm sure if you asked me an hour from now I would have a different answer because you definitely like flip-flop like like am I doing the right thing yeah totally doing the right thing and like this year I'm missing my youngest kid's birthday and we ended up throwing him a last minute birthday party and at, at his age like he doesn't know the difference and we gave him exactly the birthday party he wanted which was real bare bones and like part of me wanted to feel guilty for almost like half-assing it but then you have to like step back and being like what's important to him like he had the time of his life so I'm like well that's probably solid bombing then (laughs) you know like I didn't decorate but does he really care you know no and then you also have to step back and be like can I be a good mom if I'm not doing what fills me up you know Mm -hmm. like you, you can't pour from an empty cup you know and like if my kids see the work I put in to pursuing what I truly love, I have to trust that they're going to learn from that. So I might miss a birthday or an event here and there, but then I guess I'm just hoping, I guess I'm not an expert, but I'm really just hoping that they see that and they're like, hey, look what my mom can do. This is what she was passionate about. This is how much work it took. This is how she tried to include me in something that meant Mm -hmm. so much. And when she did include me, like, this is she loved this and this is what she had to do to be a full person yeah and that can be with anything and you know talking specifically about like the outdoors and hunting and that kind of stuff it's like it's going to be really relatable to a lot of people that are listening I feel like but it's even outside of that it's you know making time to cook or go to the grocery store or go to the gym or go get your nails done or you know go mow the lawn or whatever the case may be like it's working through that guilt is something that I don't think you, it it never gets easier. No. I almost feel like it gets, well, I think it's seasonal. Like sometimes I feel like, gosh, it's gotten harder. And other times I'm like, no, I think they get it. And it just, it's like this constant evolution of as they grow and understand things differently. And as I'm, as they grow and then I'm able to do more or we're able to do more, it changes. So it's never the same. It changes every day. And like you're at a point where, your kids can keep up with you so they can go on more of those harder hikes with you. But then you also have to take the time to do it by yourself because that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I'm at the point where my oldest kid is hiking, you know, maybe not the pace I would like to. And my other kid I have to carry. So like that's a different dynamic, but I still need to take the time 
to go hiking by myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like where you include them and what they're capable of doing constantly changes and what their needs are. And I'm sure what my needs are will also change. Absolutely. I was uh, on that same hike I was telling you about. Her and I were talking and we were talking about relationships and, you know, between your partner and even your kids or coworkers, friends, whatever. And I don't think as humans we ever are the same person like year after year. Yeah. And you like really put that in just perspective just now because you're like it, it, it is always changing. But it's true. Like our needs, our desires, what we want, the things that fill our cup where we're spending our time, you know, how we feel physically, mentally, all those things are always changing. And we have to expect that that's also changing within our kids. Yeah. And I remember when I very first started bringing the boys out with me. So Brody went on his first hunt with us when he was, I think he was like two or two and a half. No. Yes. He was probably two and a half. And we went out on a hunt, and his dad was successful. He shot a really nice mule deer. And, you know, there was Brody as he was the first one <laughs> by that deer with his grip and grin picture. It's the cutest picture ever. You know, and he was just, like, walking around and having fun. And, you know, you're at a different pace. There's a different tone. You know, you can't – I think losing expectations when you try to get your kids involved into the hunt is one of the best things that you can do. It changes the priority and the objective. Sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you have to expect things to be different. Same thing like with your hikes. Yeah. The objective is very different with kids. Yeah. We only make it to the top like half the time. (laughs) Yeah. And do you ever fight that where you go out there and you're like, I want this sweat. I want this cadence. I want to get to the top. And you kind of struggle to feel like keeping their pace is keeping you back from getting what you need but you also know like that's <laughs> this is the stage that you are in life with them yeah and I think there's also the balance between like pushing them to do their best and what you know they're capable of and then also making it a really enjoyable experience for them because ultimately I don't want to force them to love hiking I want them to grow to love it so it's hard f- but at the same time four-year-old needs a little bit of guidance so it's like you're finding the balance between your expectations and what you want out of it and then the best way to parent them to get the most out of each hike and so sometimes like if I want a little bit more workout I'm like I'll just throw a little bit more weight on my back or I'll walk up this hill and half squat you know so I try to find creative ways you know to get the most out of each workout but then also to realize that hey, we just walked by an amazing rock, you know, and that he finds great. And, like, I want him to be as excited and fired up to be out here as I am. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you push him too hard, they're going to grow to resent it and not look forward to it. So it's like a constant balance between your expectations and encouraging them to do the best they can and maybe not taking 7 million snack breaks. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, like oh, you're a four-year-old. We just walked by a bug or a stick you know so it's a constant day-to-day hour-to-hour minute-to-minute compromise Mm -hmm. so what do you what would you say is like your your biggest or maybe most empowering recommendation or words of advice to a parent who's trying to like initiate some of those hikes or outdoor experiences with their kids but the pace is 
rather frustrating to try to keep or you're trying to motivate them to keep going and not have all of those breaks but doing it in a way that it is very enjoyable and engaging and intriguing for them. Besides bringing lots of snacks. <laughs> well, if your kids are anything like you, they're definitely food motivated. We yeah. know that. <laughs> <laughs> I really like eating. <laughs> they eat an incredible amount, actually. Um, I think just getting out there is like the first step. Like you just have to get to the trailhead you just have to like get to that wild space like that is the first step and sometimes it's the hardest step you know and just making it as easy as possible to get there you know like not putting too much pressure on it not Mm -hmm. being too picky like oh i have no food well today we're eating pop tarts you know like whatever it is like just make it easy to get out there and then also tempering maybe is the right word your your expectations of the experience mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm not an expert I feel like you couldn't be an expert on this <laughs> um, but yeah just getting out there I think is number one and then making it as enjoyable to everyone like make sure your kids have warm clothes make sure they have plenty of water and snacks so they're physically comfortable so then that they can push maybe their mental comfort more mm-hmm. and Taking a deep breath, I feel like that's probably one of the most <laughs> useful skills you have. Just like, oh, like, and being able to be like, hey, no one's having fun. It's it's time to turn back. And like seeing that as a win. Like today we made it. I went on a hike this summer, and I think we made it like 300 yards up the trail. You know, and I was like, well, today we got to the trailhead, so that's win number one. And I like packed some food, and like we walked 300 yards. Then we had a snack. Like we all had fun running around. And then that was all, like, we just turned around and just, like, changing our mind frame. So you're like, well, that's a win for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the next time, I mean, we've climbed that mountain how many times, you know, but, like, next time we may make it to the top, we may not. But, like, just counting wins when you get them. Even if it's 300 yards. And Even when it's 300 and yards. And you have to take multiple deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it could be so hard to take kids out. And I think, you know, when you have a an idea in mind of how you want things to go. You know, I think more so when it comes to hunting because there's more at stake and there are more variables when it comes to that projected outcome. I can look back and think of a couple times where it was, you know, just me and I'm taking the boys out and, you know, we're going to go and, you know, try to find some elk and I'm going to help, you know, they're going to let me, we're going to go up there and they're going to let me hunt and I'm going to let them bugle. And we're gonna. there's going to be compromises from both sides. Like, because are their bugles really going to call the bulls in? No, probably not. But am I really probably going to get an elk anyways <laughs> because of the circumstance? Probably not. But we all gain in the experience of that. Yeah. I get to fill my cup by being outdoors. They get to fill their cup by being outdoors and trying new things. And, you know, putting a, a bugle tube on their lips and letting it rip, you know. And... And does anything as a mom make you happier is when they're they're trying it and they're, like, loving trying it. Yeah. You know, and then, like, seeing the progression, like, as they get better at bugling. Yep. You know? So it's definitely different goals. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was two years ago, and it was during archery elk. And I took the boys up to a spot. You know, not one of my normal spots, but I, you know, I've seen elk in there in the past. And I thought, okay, we'll go into a, 
what what I think looks like a transition area. I didn't have cameras up, but looked like a pretty good transition area. We'll set up. We'll get our wind right. I'll talk to him about that. And then we'll just sit there maybe an hour, hour and a half and see anything if, you know, something comes through at last slide. And, and we're sitting there. And, and I think because I'm like, I've got so much energy going into, like, I hope this happens. And, you know, I would love for them to be a part of this and at least even see elk, you yeah. know, at least have that opportunity for them to watch wildlife walk in front of us, you know, and they're doing a pretty good job and they're being fairly quiet probably not qu as quiet <laughs> as we would need to be and and we're sitting there and Gabe's building this little fort out of these sticks it's almost like he's building like this little Lincoln log house yeah and then he's sitting there and then as time goes on they get a, like a little bit a little bit less like caring about how quiet <laughs> they are you know and so they start like breaking these sticks and I start just kind of being like oh I go all right, like now that we're getting to prime time, <laughs> right. and now we're right even being time. more loud. And I was shitty. I will be totally honest. By the time we left there, I my attitude was just like, fine, let's just go. Let's just let's just go. If we're just going to be loud, let's just go. And so this was like, God, what is it, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. So my kids were, you know, 11 and 9 or whatever. Maybe, yeah, probably 11 and 9. Or excuse me, 12 and 9. And you know, that was not the right thing for me to do. Like that was not the right attitude, the right experience for them. And it's funny because that scenario really stands out in my head as like not momming the right way. Not a mom. You know, yeah. you should have you should have approached it differently. And by the time we had walked back to the car, I I stopped and I was like, Okay, this this was a win and I'm sorry for being like that and you know, I'm sorry for getting upset that we weren't being quiet because you guys did a really good job. And quiet to a kid, to two little boys who just literally want to run and jump over all the logs and play hide-and-seek or whatever, you know, it's it's hard for you to ask that of them. And I think that season and the season before, I learned so much about what hunting means to me. Like, growing up, having a dad who always invited me, even though I was probably, you know, driving him absolutely crazy and caused him a lot of experiences <laughs> in tag field, Um I need to extend that that patience and gratitude and like allow them to be able to nurture that time in the wilderness yeah. rather than be so worried about the outcome of what's happening because the bigger picture is being there with them and having those memories and spending that time. Well, it's like as an outside observer from that experience for you, I'm like, well, you got them out there and they had a great time and you handled it in a way that you didn't feel good about, but then you took the opportunity to be like, hey, I want you to know that I feel like I made a mistake. Yeah. And I, I regret making that mistake. So they're learning like, hey, we're going on the mountains. Like, this is fun. They're trying to bugle or like, you're, you know, you're like, you're showing them that stuff and that's sticking with them. And then they see you trying your best. And then when you don't feel like you left, like you took the time to make an apology. So that just seems like, an amazing learning experience for them. So, like, you're walking away, like, hey, this was not a mom win, but, like, from my point of view, I'm like, that was a huge mom win. Like, they had fun. They learned that people make mistakes. They learned once I make a mistake, I should, you know, I should say I'm sorry. I should mm -hmm. I should learn from that. And they, they saw all those steps, you know? And, like, when they look back, they're going to be like, yeah, my mom totally took me hunting. And, like, I'm so grateful from that time. Yeah. 
So it's like, I don't know, like you see it as a mom, like not a win, but I'm like, your kids learned so much and had so much fun from that experience. It's like sometimes you need that, I mean, the perspective is so hard. It is. It really is. It's hard to see all sides when it's something that's so personal. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I'm somebody that plays like the devil's advocate to probably the point where it uh, really annoys people sometimes. Because <laughs> they're like, no, it's not good. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I'm like, no, yes, you can. Like, it could be way worse. You know, <laughs> they're like, shut up. That's my husband's um, like, why are you happy? Like, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look where we are. Um, but I don't know. You're you're totally right. It is in that, and it's not just about the hunt and what they can learn from that or nature. It's in what well, they can learn in character and and like hunting's important. But like, is that even like the bigger message? Like, what are you sh- like? Hunting might not even be the biggest message there. Like, obviously, I hope my kids hunt, and I love it. But, like, you're teaching your kids to, like, work after what they, you know, your your love. And, like, they're like, oh, my mom finds this very important. And so, like, if hunting's not what's important to them, they're still seeing the effort that you put into what you love, and they're seeing the love that you have for them. You're like, mm-hmm. my mom went out of her way to bring me on these things to share with me what she really loves. And I think, like, the greater feeling is also, you know, the best thing. And, like, after spending some time with your kids, like, they feel loved. Like, I can I can tell that your kids are good people. You know, like, they're, they're compassionate. They were really kind to me. And it's, like, even taking hunting out of it, which, I mean, like, we all want our kids to hunt. Like, mm-hmm. that's totally. But, like, they're learning the bigger message also. Like, they're walking away from that with so much more than even just hunting. Like, I think just bring them on the process I think there's a pressure in, like, I know, I'll just speak for myself, but I assume that it's pretty universal. Like, there's an expectation and a pressure to be successful in having close calls or experience or seeing game or, you know, getting animals down when your kids are present. Because I think it's hard for a lot of kids to really embrace, like, that hunting is fun because it can be so boring as a kid, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right. So you're like, there's got to be some sort of like an excitement or a reward or some way that they can engage. Otherwise, I think for me, there's a little worry that if I don't provide something of value in that outing or camping trip or experience or hunt, that they're going to lose interest in wanting to be a part of that or wanting to have that as a part of the tradition and their family that they carry on. But I think like in the instance you gave, like they did find the value in, like, being outside and playing with sticks. And someday you're going to get them the opportunity. Like, they took value from that experience. And then someday when it does work out and they get to be part of the harvesting and, you know, field dressing and then taking it home and, you know, like, they're going to get that experience and they're going to find that value. Like, Mm -hmm. they found value out of that trip. It wasn't your intended value, but they had fun. You know, and it, I don't, I don't know. The struggle is real. It's so <laughs> real. <laughs> I was really impressed when I was in Alaska with you last month, and we went and fished, um, you know, spent the day fishing for salmon, and had a freaking blast. So much fun. I haven't watched any of that footage, except for the, the couple little pieces <laughs> of, like, fly fishing. And 
I can't wait to go back and watch it because I like think about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, remember when we went mountain biking in grizzly <laughs> country and I was scared to death, you know? But we like, survived. Yeah, we did survive, actually. <laughs> That's why we're here having this conversation, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> we'll see if we get to do a third podcast after going sheep hunting next month. We will. <laughs> Which we have to talk about next. But yeah. <laughs> um, I was impressed with your kids and just watching them, you know, in that moment. And I was thinking about like when my kids were that age and we're, I don't know, what were we two or three miles in on the bike, you know, something like that. And your kids had snacks, so they were totally cool. It seemed like, but, um, (laughs) you know, they were, they were cool. Like all day long, they were just like, yep, this is what we're doing. We're going to throw another rock into the river. And (laughs) they were like, as like peachy as they could be, you know, they're easy to entertain. Very easy to entertain. But I think it's also in the exposure and those kind of experiences and just having that be kind of like what's normal to them, which I think, what you know, is another reason that a lot of these like small little outings or ways to get them to engage is really important, you know? Yeah. And it's hard for me to distinguish between like pure luck, like maybe that's their personality. And then also they just don't know any different. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, like, oh, yeah, mom takes us out. You know, <laughs> last year we were scouting for sheep and we caught a four-wheeler just, like, particularly stuck. You know, kind of like an all-day sort of stuck. And they're just over there playing in the mud. I'm like, yep, <laughs> this is what we do. Our parents get us real stuck and they give us <laughs> snacks and we play in the mud. You know, yeah. like, they just, they don't know any different. And I think I'm super lucky in that we started them early on. I, I think it might be a whole nother beast if you were trying to get them started when they were older. Kids, I mean, they're tougher than you think, and they just want to have fun. So if you can meet those, like, basic comfort needs. I mean, everyone knows experience, like, you buy the super expensive toy, and then they play with the box. Mm-hmm. And I think kids are inventive. So if you if you give them what they really need, which for my kids is snacks, you know, like, they're, they're going to make the best of it. And, yeah. um, you know, they, my kids don't know any different. But I think I think kids just want to have fun. So if you, and I mean, <laughs> sometimes it's not fun. Like we definitely <laughs> have those days. You're like, this was not. What was I thinking? This was not optimal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like, but they just want to have fun too, and I was like, oh yeah, now we're gonna play in the mud, and we happen to be on the side of a river. But I don't know, kids like dirt and sticks. Yes, they do, <laughs> especially boys. Yes, they do. I think it's good to think about starting small, though. And if you're trying to, like, dive back into the place where you can get out and do some of those outings, hunts, you know, overnights, camping trips, whatever, just just start with little bits and pieces, just like you would with learning anything else yourself or trying to learn a new skill or dive into a new area. Like, I used to take my kids out and glassing we would take like picnic food or like dinner picnic food and just go out and, you know, like kind of do multiple things at once and let them, you know, we're going to have it sit down and have his picnic. We can also glass at the same time. Yeah. And it's, and it's neat to be able to do that and just have these small bite sized pieces without everybody, you know, parents and kids getting involved, like overwhelmed with yeah. too much involvement. I've had picnics in our backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Like today, the best I can do is the backyard. So we're going to go. We're going to eat lunch outside. And today, that's the best I can do. You know, start small. Yeah. 
good experiences for them to have. So let's talk about sheep hunting. Yes. So I think I almost invited myself on your sheep hunt. I, I, I thought about it, then I refrained, and then you invited me, which worked out well. Yes, and I think I would have invited you sooner, but I assume that people have their own life and that they don't necessarily <laughs> want to follow me all over the mountain. <laughs> I'm like, why wouldn't you want to come with me? <laughs> no, I uh, gladly am dropping my archery elk season here to go and do that. And it's funny because I don't care about sheep in a way that like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are like sheep tags. I've been putting in for 95 years, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, well I really don't elk. know anything about sheep. And I've never really cared to know anything about sheep other than they're cool creatures, you know. But um, I just think life is too short not to take on every badass experience you can. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, ultimately, like honestly, 100% honestly, this is way over my head. No, it's not. This is way over my head. Oh, my God. No, it's not. I don't do grizzly bears. Okay. So. I wish people could see my eye roll right now. (laughs) This is not over your head. Let me get my phone. (laughs) Um, This is not over her head, listeners. You know her. But I'm excited to, like, figure that out and then to come back and be like. I did that. Yeah. It really wasn't over my head. But the idea of what it is is over my head. Okay. Honestly, this is what I was thinking just a little bit ago. Okay, yeah, about food and pack and a tent and how many days and the weight and the shoes and the boots and the sleeping bag. And, oh, God, we're above tree line. How do we poop? There's three of us. <laughs> I'm not sure about poor Zach. He's going to be like, oh, my God, what do I do? So it just seems like it's out of my league. <laughs> Let's just say that. You'll figure out how to poop. Okay. People figure it out. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay, you go sing a song. I'm going to be over here by this rock. <laughs> like, turn around. <laughs> turn around now. <laughs> I will shoot at you if you... I will bear spray you if you turn back around this you way. in the face. Yeah. But no one will because no one wants to see that. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. Especially on day 10. <laughs> <laughs> we can come back. All sorts of funky. I feel like I'm going on Survivor. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I feel like, or like naked and afraid. That's like what I feel like is about to happen in my head. Which is so interesting because like you've been out there. Like, I mean, like not, not specifically in Alaska, but like you've, you've done the backpack hunt. You, you've worked hard. You've been in shitty weather. You've been tired before. But not all at the same time. <laughs> okay, maybe, but not, not around grizzly bears. Or <laughs> <laughs> shooting above tree line. <laughs> There's not as many grizzly bears up high. And you can lots of times see them when they're coming. Yeah. It's the brush you have to worry about. No, it's just all the things. Yeah, it's like, it's it's a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, like, I go back and forth between, like, oh, my God, so much. What the f***? And, like, I am so 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 excited it goes back and forth yeah i find hunting brings up a lot of complicated emotions mm-hmm. <laughs> in every aspect well just like you said on our hike earlier when you were asking the girls you're like doesn't it seem like in that last month before your hunt <laughs> every hike that you do you're like i'm not ready <laughs> i'm not ready for this i don't have what it takes i just hiked half a mile I'm tired. There's no possible way I can hike for 10 days. I just got my in-reach out for this, and I'm only five miles in. Yeah. Yeah. If that. <laughs> yeah. But then you have to fall back on, like, the human body is tougher than you think. 
Like you're, it's the mental part. Yeah, but, and everyone is tougher than they think. I mean, I'm sure there's some pretty tough people out there who know they're tough, but like everyone is tougher than they think. Yeah. Just get out there. What are you most excited for on this trip? <laughs> oh man, I'm so indecisive. I am the food. <laughs> <laughs> I love eating. Um, I really actually do. I'm so excited to pack the food, but that's... Um, I love just being there and feeling small. I, I love you, like, look around, and you're like, these mountains just don't care about me. Mm-hmm. And then, like, stepping back and being like, do you know how many people kill for that once in a lifetime sheep hunt and and now I'm here and I'm like physically capable and like everything worked out and I'm here and this is the dream you know and you're like I'm living my dream this is what I love like this is my favorite thing in the whole world and Mm -hmm. then like this time I get to share that with you and I'm like oh my god you're I'm so excited for your first sheep hunt you know like I think you're gonna love it you know, like, you're going to be there and you're going to be like, oh, my God, look at those mountains. You know, you, you're, like, surrounded by these huge views. And, like, can you think of anything more you want to do than go hiking the mountains for 10 days? No. Not really, anyways. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, my gosh, it's it's so much. It's going to be so freaking awesome. Amazing. In type 2 fun. There's a lot of that. I'm like, do I take a journal? Do yes. I take a book? Do I take a... Probably. Yeah. yeah. Journal, just, yes. Yeah. Definitely a journal. Because I love to write and I love to reflect and things will always like pop into my head. I'm like, oh, I want to write this down. And I'm like, well, what if my phone dies? And Bring a journal. Yeah, bring a journal. A light one. <laughs> <laughs> a light journal. And then also like, you want to like, write down your like real deep thoughts and then you also be like next time please remember <laughs> to bring a toothbrush or like you know like there's always those little things that you're like I'm gonna forget if I don't write this down this second <laughs> have you forgot a toothbrush on a 10-day hunt no that was the first thing that okay good oh I was like I'll pack her an extra toothbrush <laughs> if we're gonna be sleeping in the same tent <laughs> I feel like you could use lichen to brush your teeth <laughs> we would find a way <laughs> yeah we would figure that part out yeah no it's gonna be really awesome and I, too, enjoy that feeling of just being an ant, you know. Yeah. And the more I travel around, like, the U.S., because that's what I've done lately, the more I feel like, holy crap, like, this is such a huge, huge place. Like, even driving through Oregon, like, down to the Nevada border or, like, up into Washington or Idaho, I'm like, we've driven an entire day. Yeah. I'm just to you. get across Oregon. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just going to be neat to get back up there and to see some more of Alaska. I absolutely loved being up there last time to the point where I almost didn't come home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can I go pack up the boys and come right back or what's my plan? But you crashed at our place. <laughs> it was awesome. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, we'll have to recap, too, after that one. Just share the experience because I think... You know, part of the excitement is knowing you get to go places that most people will only ever see pictures of. Yeah. And if you imagine, like, seeing a picture of the most, like, vast, beautiful landscape and knowing that you'll, like, never be there. But for us, like, knowing, like, we're going to work to climb into that, to, to put ourselves in that position. Yeah. It's, it's badass. It's so cool. 
and somehow more satisfying when you work to get there. Yeah. So how long did you say it's going to take us to get in there? Yeah, probably only two days. Did you say that just now under your breath? No, I think it's I think it's only going to take us two days. Like, only under two days. <laughs> or three or four. No, just kidding. <laughs> I think it's I think it's me two days. How heavy are the packs going to be on the way out? <laughs> I feel like that's a loaded question. Hopefully, very heavy. Zach is going to be in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I got Zach. the hooves. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, do you know how much camera equipment I have? <laughs> do you mean to carry your camera? <laughs> Just leave the camera here. Just leave it. Take the horns. <laughs> What's more important to you? <laughs> Just kidding. He's like my camera. So which tags do you have now? It's just an over-the-counter. Over-the-counter sheep? Yep. Doll sheep. Which well, is like so cool that I, like, I'm like, oh, it's over-the-counter doll sheep, you know? Well, so when I was there last month, which seems weird to say, <laughs> we were driving on the highway and we saw like 30. So I think we should be good and I don't know why we have to go in 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, if it only was that easy. Yeah. I'm just driving, looking for it. It's going to be so freaking cool. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be here before we know it. So what are your, like, last little bits of, like, prep? You know, we only have three weeks until we're taken off. So what are you going to be, like, your main focuses right now in this last three weeks? Is uh, it physical, mental, food, gear? Yeah, so I'm going to take these last couple weeks um, and hit physical pretty hard. And then food, and I really need some insults for my boots. But just getting every little drop of elevation gain I can get, you know, mm -hmm. getting as physically ready as I can, and then packing food. You know, the one thing I always think about, and I think it's underestimated, is, like, people will go and they'll do, you know, even, like, half-day trips or day trips or whatever, preparing for some of more of these, like, more physically demanding hunts, but the real consideration is not necessarily in that, like, first day or two days. It's in, like, getting up and doing it day after day after day and feeling good, feeling recovered. And, like, that that longevity, you know, that true endurance to be able to do that. And that's, like, not necessarily something that as, like, a mom and somebody that's got, like, a full-time life <laughs> can just go out and, like, be prepared for that. Yeah, and I think you're never going to feel like you're... Prepared for a sheep hunt. <laughs> Did you just text me that you have to pee? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm like, can we take a break? <laughs> I'm try trying to be smooth about it. I was like, what is this text now? <laughs> Wait, it's from Gina. Why is Gina texting me? <laughs> I really have to pee. Okay. Well, I think with that, since you have to pee and my wine is almost gone. Yeah, mine is also gone. I think we'll probably wrap this podcast episode up, which... Yeah. People are probably like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, we get it. They're going sheep hunting and she has to pee. And, <laughs> and she likes food. <laughs> yeah. And Courtney doesn't want to poop in, above tree line. And no one knows how to parent their kids. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. And I'm glad that you're here. Ladies Weekend was awesome too. I'm so glad I came. I love connecting with these women. Oh my gosh. I love finding like minded people. You're like, I'm not alone. It's empowering. It's Even so if great. like you are in a good place in life and you're, you know, like, soaking of those experiences just being like reconnected with women who are motivated in a lot of the same ways is just like okay here we go i'm ready okay. for more let's go <laughs> okay on that note we're out of here well ladies that does it for this show for today i hope that you found some inspiration some good advice and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week 
I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.